Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. When we look at each other, we see bodies. And these bodies are made up of the elements. We're made up of earth, air, fire, water, and ether. Yet, if we do an examination of ourselves, we will find that the earth, air, fire, water, and ether part of our bodies that we see is subject to disappearing. It's subject to degrading. It's subject to destruction. There is a communal contract among the elements within the body to exist together for a certain period of time but then there comes a time when the earth goes its way, the water goes its way, the fire goes its way, the different elements each go their own way and this communal agreement to sustain this body leaves and when that happens death comes um, unless the elements work in unity the body can't function well if that's true then we must be truly something other than this body and one of the great paradoxes of our existence is we seem to be this body but we are not this body we seem to be made of the elements but we are not made of the elements we are something different than that now Allah is without form and without elemental construction. There is a part of us that is also without form and without elemental construction. And that is the soul. And somehow we need to find that part of ourselves. So, we have to learn somehow to detach from all of that which the body influences influences us we have to detach from all of the body's needs we have to detach from doing the work of the body the body has a whole list of desires and of needs and we somehow have to overcome these desires and needs in order to find that part that is not elemental as long as we deal <coughs> with the elemental 
And that becomes and is the main focus of our attention. It's very difficult, maybe impossible, to get in touch with that part of us that's not elemental. And a very simple example of how religious doctrine tries to get you to that point is fasting. As long as we're attached to food, then we are attached to maintaining this body. And if we can fast, we can detach ourselves from one of the main elemental needs or desires of the body. And that's one of the reasons for fasting. Now, it is said that only God can pray to God. God is non-elemental. God is without form. So, question, is it possible to pray to God through form? Is it possible to use form as a way to praise the formless? Or, do we have to go to a place of non-form to praise the formless so that we can connect non-form to non-form? If I do not exist and only God exists means if my form doesn't exist and only the non-elemental exists, there's God. There's the non-form, and there's the place where my jumping-off point to disappear into the eternal happens. So, we have to focus somehow on formlessness while in the form. We have to focus somehow on the non-elemental while we pray in the elemental, we have to begin to understand the paradox of elemental and non-elemental. The paradox of form and non-form. And even though <coughs> we are in the form, we have to strive towards the non-form. We have to strive towards disappearing. Islam is in truth at the essence of things. It is the surrender to the non-elemental. Yet, it has a form. And that form has in many ways become difficult uh, for itself and for the world. But when People can't understand the non-form. They make the form imperative and powerful and strong. And then they impose upon people only what they see. They impose upon people the form and they will tell you that the non-form is not your business. 
and it's not where you go. And it has nothing to do with you. This has happened in all of the religions. The form has taken shape, and the form has become very powerful within the religions. And we've done lots of things with form to try to honor Allah, to honor God, and to try to invoke His majesty and His grace. Look at the the cathedrals. Look at the large mosques. They're there to inspire you towards Allah. But how? To inspire you with form. But we somehow have to understand that it's the disappearance of form that will bring us close to Allah, not the institutionalization of form. So we need to somehow deinstitutionalize form for ourselves while at the same time understanding that form exists in the world because there is an entire sector of population that needs form to be able to hold on to something to clasp towards God. With the understanding that if enough teachers come along and enough truth comes along, they will be able to slowly detach from form. So, you have the most blatant examples of form, the idols. And then you have some less blatant examples of form, the living gods, such as cows, or dogs, or snakes, or elephants. And you continue on that ladder until you get to God is a man, or God is without form, or God is not capable of being seen, God is non-elemental, and the way to pray to him is in a non-elemental way. If you pray to God to give you things, you're praying to God in an elemental way. If you're praying to God to bring about certain occurrences within the form, you're praying to God in an elemental way. We need to somehow go inside of ourselves to touch that part of ourselves that is non-elemental, where the mind doesn't interfere where the desire doesn't interfere, where the needs don't interfere, where we are without want and without desire and without need, and then pray to Allah in praise of His being, in praise of His truth, in praise of His grace. So, we need to touch grace with grace. We need to touch the non-elemental with the non-elemental. So, to truly pray, 
to pray at the highest level of God consciousness is to disappear. To disappear from the world, to disappear from illusion, to disappear from desire, to disappear from need, to disappear from self-motive, to disappear from ego, to disappear from self-will, to disappear from all of the things that connect us to illusion and connect us to the elemental. This stage will put you at odds with almost everybody and everything. It will put you at odds with the religion. It will put you at odds with the imams. It will put you at odds with the priests. It will put you at odds with the rabbis. It will put you at odds with the Hindu uh, gurus. It will put you at odds with everybody. Because they've all been trained in form. But, even though the training takes place in form, the point of the training is to remove you from form. To remove you from ritual. To remove you from that which takes place within the elemental portions of our being. So imagine, imagine that we have somehow released ourselves from the elemental illusion, the elemental temporary state of things that we reside in. And even though we reside in this temporary elemental state, we are conscious of the fact that it is elemental and we give no credence to that part of it. So we no longer are proud of ourselves. We no longer look for things like wealth or fame. We no longer are in the world of praise and blame because all of these things are outside of that which is non-elemental. All of these things are separate from the light. And we are light beings, even though it appears that we are beings made of bodies. And it's only when we come to this state of understanding our nature and what we are and what we are not, that we can begin to pray. Because then man becomes closer to God. Or man separates himself from God. You separate yourself from God by having various kinds of involvements with the elemental. If you become angry, that means you have a problem with the elemental. If you have disdain, that means you have a problem with the elemental. If you have physical love, that means you have an attachment to the elemental. And physical love is a good example because you have to transcend physical love 
to take it to divine love. And in everything that we do, we have to transcend the physical nature of those things, even though they may seem positive, to the divine nature of those things. And what you find is when you take it to divinity, the elemental is gone. In other words, you don't give charity so that your name becomes famous. You don't do good works because you will assume they benefit you or other people will see you in a better light. You do all of these things out of the divine nature of giving, out of the divine nature of support, out of the divine nature, period. So, as we disappear from the world, la ilaha illallah, we do not exist, then il Allahu, the divine nature, appears. And if we wish to learn the divine nature, then everything else must disappear from us. And that is the study of ourselves. What are we and what are we not? Now, we can't get too caught up in this because we can only get the amount of explanation that's allowed us at a certain time. But we can be sure of the fundamentals of it. We can be sure of that if my ego's involved, I'm in the wrong place. That if anger's involved, I'm in the wrong place. That if disdain is involved, I'm in the wrong place. That as long as I'm focusing on elemental things and my relationship with them, and whether or not my relationship is appropriate with them, I'm in the wrong place. I have concluded that I am one who is involved with the world. And in truth, if I am to disappear from this mire of the world, I have to become involved with God so that the world no longer affects me and I no longer am drawn to it and affected by it. That I don't react. That I am still to the world. That I am uninfluenced by the world. That I am only influenced by God, His will, His ways, His qualities. And when that happens to me, and I can focus in that way, and focus in that way clearly, then I can begin to pray. Truthfully pray. Because only God can truthfully pray to God. Only that which is non-attached can pray to the non-attached. God is mercy. Only that which is mercy can pray to mercy. God is compassion. Only that which is compassion can pray 
to compassion. Only compassion can understand compassion. Only mercy can understand mercy. Only love can understand love. So, when true love goes towards Allah, it melds with Allah's true love, and then you are mixed with Allah. So, as we disappear from here, as we disappear from our involvement to the world in an appropriate way, we begin to appear in the world of compassion, in the world of truth, in the world of justice. And that's when wisdom dawns. And wisdom becomes part of us. So as we move through the world, we move through the world in a wise way instead of in a grasping way. We lose the need to take. It no longer becomes important because we lose need. I remember in interactions with Bawa, when people would give him things, they would go in one hand and then out the other. There was no need in him. And when there's no need in you, you become different. I need to be respected by you. That's a very dangerous one. I need love from you. That's a very dangerous one. I need only what Allah has to give. I need Allah's grace. I need that one drop of the non-elemental grace that Allah doles out that can cure the entire world. I need to be involved in that which is not seeable. I need to be involved into that which is not on this plane, but on a different plane of being. And I need to know that that plane is available to me. Bawa did not come here to talk about himself. He came here to talk about you and what you could do and what you could be. And his love for you and his intention for you that you become like him. So understand that what Bauer wanted was a transformation of us. And all the great sheikhs want that. They come from where they are to bring you to where they are. They don't come here to be worshipped. They don't come here to be praised. They don't need worship and praise anymore. They've understood that all worship and praise is to Allah alone. And they are here to show you how that true praise and worship can happen because when that true praise and worship happens, you've disappeared. 
You've been lost to the world. You've taken that step out of this realm into the next realm. The realm of grace awakened consciousness. Where what we see and what we know is through the eyes of compassion and mercy. Through the eyes of the way Allah sees things. And this is the state of a true man. And true men are rare. And the fact that you have been given an opportunity to be in the presence of a true man should be proof enough that the grace of Allah exists and the grace of Allah is available. A translator was once sitting in front of Bawa and people had been coming all day with their with their visions and their dreams and uh, all of these mystical things happening to them. And the uh, translator, when they all left, looked at Bow and said, I don't understand. I don't have any of these dreams. I don't have any of these visions. I don't have any of these kinds of things. And Bow looked at the translator and he said, You know me, don't you? And there's the point. We had a mystical experience in front of us. And now we must become mystical experiences. We must disappear from the world. And then we enter into the mystery. And we become the truth. And it's only when we become the truth that we can function in a truthful and just way. And we can truly pray to Allah. This is the moment we were born for. This is the experience we were brought into existence for. May that experience happen to each of us. Amin, amin, ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa